Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, and a time-tested way to analyze investments. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. Alrighty, it is July 21st, 2021. And before I go into the main topic of the day, I just want to talk about a rant that 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 I went on that was influenced by a Facebook friend of mine who posted the other day. And, and the, the gist of his post is basically, hey, prosperity gospel preachers didn't they didn't go away. They just moved to the internet. And, and for those who don't know, a prosperity gospel preacher is somebody who would basically say, hey, if you give money to our ministry and say these prayers, like God will bless you with all this money, right? Basically, it was just selling selling hopes and dreams to people that were desperate. And you have a bunch of folks on the internet now that are posing next to Lamborghinis, you know, fronting on all these things. They're, they're doing uh, all this money they're making, everything they're doing, and they're fronting on the internet. But in real life, they're not actually doing it, but they but they uh, they build followers and then sell these courses and these ebooks to people uh, that that say that with the hope that if they just follow their process, then they can have these short current these these fake trappings of wealth. Right. Which they think it's it's real. And, you know, I posted just basically saying, hey, you know, real recognize real and people who actually are building wealth see that is fake but what you forget is there's a lot of people who who just don't know it's like it's like if you speak a different language and somebody's cursing you out in that language or saying something negative about you in that language like you can't hear it because you don't speak the language so if you don't understand like how to build real wealth or and been around people who who've done it and saw what they do and and, and, are, and are working your program then you're going to miss it too. One of, one of my favorite books is called The Millionaire Next Door. I recommend everybody read it because it it's a, it's a book written a long time ago, but it's time tested. Uh, and, and I read it as a wealth manager because as a wealth manager, you have to be able to see through the facade and spot real money because it's a lot of people that are faking out there. And, and, what it, and, and the gist of the book was millionaires actually don't look like what people think millionaires look like. Most millionaires are low key. Like when you walk past them, you'll you'll never see them uh, because they understand, you know, how to, in in order to build wealth, you can't buy the Lamborghini because that two hundred fifty grand that you could have put in Lamborghini could have been in, went into real estate, stocks, businesses, Bitcoin that would have built more wealth uh, in the future. And don't get me wrong, like it's it's okay to buy these things, but the people that are truly wealthy that are buying these things, they have like money, money. I mean, like real, like the, the example, I'll, the example that I would, you know, I share with my wife because we hang out with different people who like to, um, you know, who who like to spend their money on uh, on things. And that's OK. It's their money. But, you know, she was something to the effect of, oh, so and so must have a lot of money because they, you know, they drive this car or they have this big house and they have all these trappings. And I've been doing this for like 15 years and I've and so if, if I know what somebody does. 
I, I know what their income is, right? If they if they work if they do this job, then I have an encyclopedia in my head to know. Okay, this is roughly how much money they make, and then I could say, okay, if if this is how much money they make, the household makes, and this is where they're spending this, and they have all these expensive things that they that they that they have, which is cool. It lets me know as a wealth manager, you learn, okay, I don't want to have them as a client because they don't have any money in the bank more times than not. You know, so for example, and all algorithms, right, which is an algorithm, this is a this is a litmus test. It doesn't mean that this one is right 100% of the time, but the majority of the time is right. And I picked it up over years of just watching people, looking at balance sheets, look, you know, helping people plan, you know, reading the books. And so if I meet, so for example, if I meet somebody who is, you know, roughly 35, 40 years old, and you know, their their income is maybe two to three hundred thousand a year based on what they do, but they have a close to million dollar home and all the new toys, cars, gadgets, then I know, okay, cool. They are enjoying life, but they don't have, you know, money that they very likely don't have money. And so I need to move past that person, right? I need to find the 40-year-old who, you know. Yeah, they drive a nice car, but maybe it's used, right? They have a a decent, comfortable home, but it's not, you know, it's not anywhere. It's it's it's, it's not super huge. It's well within what they can what they can make, and they may they may only at the moment make two or three hundred thousand a year, but they're they're reinvesting, you know, a big chunk of that back into a business into real estate because what they choose to do, and this is rich. This is this is Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad concept. Right. Um, rich people spend money on assets. Poor people spend money on liabilities that they think are assets, i.e., your home, cars, all those things, uh, lots of vacations. And please don't misunderstand me. I, what I'm not saying, I'm not knocking anybody and how they spend their money. What I'm saying is observe and don't be fooled. So, if 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 you're trying to learn how to build wealth, or like me, if you're seeking to manage money for people to have money, you got to be able to spot the cues of like real money. And you know, I'm not impressed by somebody who makes, you know, who spends all their money on toys. You know, I want to find the person that doesn't look like to everybody that they have money, but I know, oh, she she runs a business, her business does well. And she drives used cars and she doesn't have all the, the luxury stuff, right? So that means she's stacking assets. That means she has money somewhere that, that people don't know about. And uh, and I want to get to know that person, right? I mean, that's, and, and, and oftentimes, as a matter of fact, I posted about this, the people that I know that are in my spirit of influence that I either work with or I've met, hey, they don't have a big online presence online presence, but if they, and if they, and if, and I've seen a couple of them put out little nuggets of stuff, but I didn't get lots of likes and follows because it's boring, right? It's, it's not sexy. It isn't a short term one, two, three step plan to drive a Lamborghini, right? In five years, right? That stuff sells, right? And the masses are attracted to short term type thinking. Um, but the tried and true way to build wealth is it's boring, Right. Uh, it requires like if you're going to drive a Lamborghini, like reinvesting for long periods of time, lots of your income um, so that you can have your assets pay for that Lamborghini. Right. It's a it's a man, just a tough process. And um, oftentimes it's, it's 
you know, it's not fun when you're going through it. Now, if you enjoy the game, it's fun. Like I enjoy the game. So it's fun. A lot of, a lot of folks who do it enjoy the game. They get more pleasure, you know, from getting the big checks than spending it on, on things. Um, and, 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 and let me give like a, cause some people listen to this and they go, but man, you know, Phil, you know, what's the point of life if you're always saving and you're never putting it back. What I'm saying is, I have a money management made system made money management made simple episode where I talk about this. Like it's okay to take 20% of what you make and have a splurge account, spend it on whatever you want to spend it on. Like that's fine. Do that. But what it also requires you to do is have 10, 20% of your money in things that are building assets. Now, if you really want to build massive wealth, you make you may not have as much towards on the splurge. You may say, instead of 20%, I'm gonna do 10, right? Or maybe I spend 20, but I'm going to cut some of my fixed expenses. So maybe, you know, because in the, in the money management, we talk about having 60% of your expenses towards fixed bills. So maybe you splurge on 20, but your fixed bills are super low. So you only, so maybe you only need 40% of your income for fixed bills because you keep a low, a low fixed bill expense. And so that leaves you at 40% to save and invest to, to reach your goal. But, but, but the point is what most people do is they spend basically 100% of their income on toys, right? They might put a little bit in their 401k, but the ones that uh, are flossing the most on that, that aren't making millions of dollars a year, you know, um, then, you know, we know what it is. And, and, that, and that's another point, you know, I, I, I have, cli- I, 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 mean, I mean, I have clients that have nice toys, big houses, you know what I'm saying? But they, but they, they make like, a few million bucks a year. And so, and, you know, and they put away, I mean, one client puts away in a quarter, one quarter, what the more than what the average person makes. I mean, and that's just what they put away with me, right? They have other investments and things they reinvest into. And so for them to go out and go buy a a Bentley or something, it's not a big deal because they make, so much money they can pay for it out of cash flow from their investments or from a dividend distribution from uh, from their business and so that and, and so that's where it's like cool like you can understand that person is on a whole different level than than than, than regular folks that are making two three four hundred thousand a year and spending it all on a virtue signaling of of wealth so i just want to rant on that because a lot of you know a lot of people get fooled by that and what I want people to do is understand, hey, if you want to have fun with your money, have fun with it. If you don't care about building wealth, then spend it. Like we do have one life. But if you want to build wealth, then understand that the people that you might think have wealth because they floss it in an exterior way, nine times out of 10, they don't have the wealth um, uh, that you think if they're not making millions of dollars a year, you know, for sure. And, and I promise you, matter of fact, I promise you, the person, the, 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 you know, the clients that I have that have those things, like they don't show that stuff on social media, <laughs> like at all. I only know it because they're clients and I know what they got at the house, but they do not show any of that on social media. And you would never, like, you would never know um, how much money they have. And that's the other part. Like it's hidden. Well, like the more money they have, the more it's hidden because everybody's always hitting them up, begging them for money, asking them to, you know, for different things. And so, so, they hide it, right? Nobody wants to get robbed <laughs> or always being begged for money. 
So let's get, so I ran it on that for more than what I, what I wanted to, but let's get to the basic topic. And this is going to be very short. I, I, the, the way you analyze investments changes based on time. So I, I, I did a deep dive and research into how did people analyze investments in the 1800s? Because the investment landscape was different, right? The, you know, 1800 was like true capitalism. You would have bank failures, business failures when the credit cycle uh, changed. We didn't have FDIC insurance. And so, um, you know, it was just a different way where you, PE multiples were different, interest rates were different. The way you invested was different. And, and so that we invested differently in the 1800s than we do today, right? We invest differently today than we did in 1900s. And so things change as far as like what you look at uh, when you invest in the 1800s. A lot of folk, the people that made money, um, at least in the U.S., was railroad stocks were hot commodities. Finance companies were hot commodities because we were financializing um, the, the U.S. Uh, banks, insurance companies, when I say finance companies. Um, and so what the, the, the consistent theme, though, that I see. Right. So maybe you don't maybe some, you know, maybe they rely more on charts then. And maybe in 1900s, it was the Warren Buffett cash flow valuation model and even Warren Buffett evolved you know his process evolved over time in his lifetime but the but the consistent theme that you do see with all of them that you can apply uh, in any time period is you find the big major trend and those who listen to my podcast episodes know this is my philosophy it's pinned on the top of my Twitter profile ask underscore Philip but you find a major trend that where there's a clear winner and it has a lot of more upside and it's a multi-decade trend. And then you bet as big as you are comfortable betting on that trend and that, and, and then, and then you just have faith, be patient and stay disciplined, right? Diversify your money to be smart, but let, let things do what they do. So for example, in the 1800s, if, you know, and, and it, I have a principle called the railroad principle, the railroad principle basically came from this time period. When the railroads were new, everybody ran in like tech stocks in 1999 or like like crypto in 2017. There wasn't a clear winner, but all the retail investors ran in, threw their money in. The the majority of railroads went out of business. And then there were a few solid winners that emerged, that dominated. And then that's when you step in and you buy the winners and then you ride that multi-decade trend, right? So you could have done that in railroads and banks and uh, insurance companies, right? You find the ones that were solid, that made it through multiple boom bust cycles, right? That were prudent, but that were, um, you know, had a trend of being responsible with, you know, with money. And then you bet and, and made the money on that. So that, that was, you know, um, let me, let me, let me not go too nerd on it. Um, say, you know, you, you can, you can apply the same rule to what, Warren Buffett did, right? Basically, Warren Buffett bet on the financialization of America as well. And, and a lot of his money was made in a few stocks, right? He, he, he bet on Geico. He bet on uh, American Express, Wells Fargo, right? Bit, you know, big holdings, um, a couple of other companies. But the, the bet was, hey, we're going to, America's going to become financialized. So let me buy the, the leaders with huge networks that are the best at what they do. And let me ride those multi-decade trends, right? And um, you fast forward to the, to the dot-com boom, right? World's changing. It's going digital. You have to 
1999.com crash with e-commerce. Plus, had a bunch of loser uh, losing companies. Amazon emerged as the winner, you know, of the e-commerce platform, and nobody touched Amazon for a long time, but it provided great returns. So, the moral is: look at the trend, right? Figure out what's that long-term trend, who the winners are. Um, uh, I, I talk about those five areas of. Um, how we organize around ourselves in society where it's money, energy, commerce, transportation, health, because those are trends that, that, that change. Um, and, and, and they have long-term trends and then figure out who are the winners in those trends and then, and then bet accordingly. You don't have to guess because the winners are going to be clear and it, and it doesn't take a whole lot of fortune telling you. As a matter of fact, it takes no fortune teller. No fortune telling, because if you if you get the trends right, you can almost not be as good on the chart. Risk. Well, you don't have to, you don't yeah you can you don't have to be very good on the chart reading, or on the pulling apart the balance sheet right. You want to know a little bit about the balance sheet and how to read that. But if you can get the trend right, get the winners right, and you can read an income statement, a balance sheet, and cash flow statement, and understand that you know whether a company is just not investing the money properly. Because there's also a difference between a company like not making money on purpose. Uh, and, and one that's just terrible at managing money, right? So you want to know that, but once you understand that, hey, they're not just losing money purposely, they're investing into a trend. And if you can understand they get it right, if they're, if they're getting that investment right, then you know, okay, I got a solid company and I can bet for the long term. But that's a little nugget of, of advice for folks, uh, and not advice, but education on, on how to think about time-tested ways to invest time-tested investing analysis. Look at the long-term multi-decade trend and ignore short-term noise. I hope this helps somebody. Enjoy your day until tomorrow. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.